السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن الكريم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واصبر نفسك مع الذين يدعون ربهم بالغداة والعشي يريدون وجهه ولا تعض عيناك عنهم تريد زينة الحياة الدنيا ولا تطع من أغفلنا قلبه عن ذكرنا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us and tells the Holy Prophet it's in the singular imperative so it's directed in the first instance to him and this is in Surah Al-Kahf Make yourself patient beside those who call on their Lord by the morning and the evening desiring, seeking, willing for his face. And do not turn your gaze away from them, seeking the adornment of this world. And do not obey he whose heart we have hardened against our recollection, and who follows his own desires, and whose matters go beyond the limits. It's a well-known commandment. And it has a context. The Anama of Tafsir tells us that this great ayah, this commandment, has a sabab, that is to say, a context, coordinates in space in time, which were the context or the occasion for the revelation of this blessed verse. And we learned that there was the context in which a delegation from al-mu'allafati qulubuhum came to the Holy Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa including some noblemen, people who wanted to spend time with him, and people for whom for diplomatic reasons, there had to be good connections for the Muslims in the period in Medina when they were establishing their networks of truce and rehabilitation amongst the distant tribes. And these people said to the Holy Prophet noting that there were amongst the people in the mosque fuqara al-Muslimin, <coughs> some of the poor Muslims. They said, Ya Rasulullah, law jalasta fi sadri al-majlisi wa nahayta anka ha'ula O Messenger of Allah, if you're only to sit right in the middle of the majlis and to put those people to one side. 
If you were only to do that, him. He even said this. And the, 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 the aroma which is coming from their, from their cloaks. And these poor people were wearing wooden robes, having nothing else. These are people who are in extreme abject mass poverty. And the sign of those amongst the Sahaba is that they wore these robes of wool, of sof. And we find so often in, in the hadith that the great ones amongst the Zahideen of the Sahaba were famous for this. So in the chapter on Uwais al-Qarni, in Sahih Muslim, this whole chapter on his merits, we find that he used to wear wool. Abu Dhar and Salman al-Farisi, according to the scholars, were amongst those fuqara and muslimin who were there, who these aristocrats found a little bit much because they were so poor. And you could smell the, the smell of sheep rising from these very rough sort of sackcloth robes which they, which they wore because of really their lack of interest in the things of this world. And then this verse came. The tafsir works say, at this point, this ayah came, a commandment to the Holy Prophet because what did they want? These rich guys, these people with whom it was necessary to have ambassadorial relations said, if you were to send them to one side, then لَجَلَسْنَا we will learn from you, we will be able to speak from you. So get those sort of uh, poor people to one side because it's a little bit embarrassing to have them around. And so this verse came. The Holy Prophet is being told, Be patient with, endure your existence with those who call on their Lord morning and evening, wishing for his face. Those are the people with whom there should be the prophetic ma'ayya. He is naturally amongst the poor. He is amongst the poor. He lives the life of the poor with his life of, of extreme <coughs> poverty in his simple house. He is to be with them. And that's the meaning of this, this commandment. And then the hadith goes on. And uh, the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, the hadith says, فَقَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يَلْتَمِسُهُمْ فَوَجَدَهُمْ فِي مُؤَخَرِ الْمَسْجِدِ So the Holy Prophet got up at that point, looking for them, and found them at the furthest point of the mosque, يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهِ Remembering Allah, making dhikr of Allah. They had their own circle and their concern was just to remember their Lord. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ أَلَّذِي Praise me to Allah who has not brought me to the end of the, my life. Huh? Before I saw the likes of those people in my ummah. You can imagine the difficulty of that situation. He has to engage in them with those rich guys, the aristocrats, with their splendid robes, no doubt, in the majlis, for good diplomatic reasons, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him where he should really be. Now this verse triggers a lot of, of discussion and immense richness in our tradition. Not just because we should be following the Holy Prophet and being with the poor, with the despised, with the refugees, the asylum. This is just the, the prophetic way. However hard it might be for us, this is where our sabr should, should be taking us. And it's a sign of our sincerity in following the prophetic way. But look at the expression. And the ulama have found such treasures in this verse. They remember their Allah, their, their Lord. They pray to Him morning and evening. They have some kind of regular wazifa in which they are praising and calling on their Lord. Yuridu na 
find this expression sometimes in the Qur'an, seeking his face or wishing for his face. Now, what would that mean in that time and place? What could it possibly mean <coughs> to seek the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? One of the meanings clearly is to seek his pleasure, to do things solely for him. I'm doing it liwajillah. I'm doing it just in Arabic for Allah's face, which means I'm doing it since it's wishing for any reward from, from humanity. Also, according to the Atlas Sunnah, the greatest delight which outshines all of the other delights of paradise is the delight of looking upon his beautiful face, the beautiful face of our Lord, besides which glory, all other glories necessarily melt away and become as though they were invisible. And that is the, the summum bonum, that which the believer most craves, that situation in which alone he can be fully sa'id in a state of bliss and in a state of happiness. All concerns, all worries, all distractions, all fears, finally at an end. That is what they're seeking, they're seeking his face. But this word yuridun, which has as its Arabic uh, noun, irada, is another term which has a rich trajectory in our literature and in our history. These people are following this path because they desire the essence, the nature to be close to, to gaze upon the essence of the divine, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yuridona wajha. They have this irada. They have this will. Now, last time we had a khutbah all about niya. We talked about the paradoxes of niya. The fact that the fuqaha consider niya really to be an act, one of the actions which may be uh, one of the conditions for the validity of the prayer. But underneath the niya, there is the motivation. A niya doesn't just come out of nowhere. If it's a real intention, there has to be the desire for that intention in the first place. And this is the distinction between niya and irada. Niya is our formal sense of our purposing something. And the irada is that deeper aspect, you could call it the deep reason, which makes us have that intention. And that's to do with something that's, that's lower down, that's deeper in the soul, something that's really completely beyond our capacity to, to, to direct. So what these people have, Salman al-Farisi, Abu Dhar al-Ghifari, these wool wearers amongst the Sahaba, and Awais al-Qarni is, is also considered to be amongst them. These people who are really Zohad and only concerned with the, the quest for, the desire for Allah's face. What they have is not just the capacity to say, I intend to pray Zohar prayer for Rakaz, but something deeper, richer, more real, more saving than that, which is this deep reason, which is that which at the depths of their heart craves that action. In other words, there's something within them that can only be at peace when they have made that prayer and done it as, as, as well as they can. Why? Because they have a unified set of purposes which is only to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no one else and nothing else. So that's really what this verse is about and that's why the Holy Prophet <coughs> stood up and left the ambassadors and the chieftains and sought out these, these uh, scruffy paupers because they were the ones for whom the masjid truly exists. They were the ones whose sujood was real. And we need to understand this, because the question of purposing is something fundamental to what it is to be, to be human. Nothing else really in the cosmos can have a purpose in that sense. Nothing else can purpose 
the, the, the quest for Allah's face. Everything is everything is submitted to him, submissively submitting to Rabbil Alameen, Tawan or Kalhan, whether they want to or not, everything is in the state of being in the grip. Even of the physical laws, which are his laws and which nobody can escape. We are all Muslim in that sense, but human beings, as well as being outwardly in that constraint, can constrain themselves, wasbir nafsak, to have an inner disposition that matches that outward reality. And that's what makes us different. And it is that deep reason which is part of that to which the angels come. It is that deep reason which, which comprises the uh, eternal and immortal flame within us, which is, Allah says we breathed into him something of our spirit, something which is underlying our humanity and is the support for our humanity, and which is the meaning of sinfulness if we reject it and cover it up with our kufr, because what could be worse than to be given that unique gift but nothing else in creation is being given that great amana, and still to turn away to zinat al hayat dunya the adornments of the things of this world to be interested in that rather than to accept the deep reason of your being is the most monstrous thing and this is why sin is a grave matter not like the misbehavior the naughtiness of children an intentional disobedience to Allah is a kind of betrayal of this fundamental ahad that we have and a fundamental rejection of what we are at our deepest and most human level, which is this deep reason that generates the surface reason, which is the niya. And it is there that our humanity exists. And it is upon that point of us that the divine judgment and the divine regard rests on Yom al-Qiyamah, the essence of what we are. However hard it might be for us to put into words our sense of why we do certain things, those impulses, those dawafa, constitute our humanity. Our humanity, our value of hum as human beings, is not constituted by how much we achieve or what we do. It's constituted by that deepest part, that mysterious part, that look, that essence, that core, that kernel which is within ourselves. So we need to have this irada. That's what constitutes the prophetic way. The Holy Prophet Ali is being commanded to do this, to be with those people. Why? Their outward state. Inwardly, they are with their Lord. Inwardly, they are luminous. Inwardly, they are people of harmony. Their outward actions are in harmony with the deepest aspect of what they are. They are in a state of ikhlas, and it is with those people that we should be. So this is the distinction between niyyah and irada. And it helps to remember that in Allah's book, he speaks frequently of Allah's irada. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fa'alu lima yurid. He is the one who constantly does what he, what he purposes. And he is the one who innama yuridu Allahu liyuthiba ankum al-rijza ahl al-bayt wa yutahhirakum tathira. Allah intends to cleanse you of impurity, people of the house, ahl al-bayt and to purify you utterly. So often we find this irada as a divine quality, al-murid, and many of the scholars of Kalam say this is one of Allah's most important attributes, the fact that he has this purpose. But we don't really say that Allah has an intention. That's the human, often fallible formulation of this deep reality. But Allah has that deep reality. We don't say he is the intender, but we say that he is the purposer, he is the murid, 
is the one who fa'alun imayurid does whatever he wills and uh, purposes. So we need to we need to recall this, and we need to recall that that great moment in the masjid, and they say Al-Aqra bin Habis was there, and many of the great Sahaba, and it's recorded by, by the Muhaddithur, is the essence of what the prophetic message is about. Right in the middle of the majlis, this ayah explodes into everybody's consciousness, and he is turned upon the path of the, the, the Muqarrabun, and he is told to be with those people. And so often, most of the time, we would like to hang out with celebrities, or people with knighthoods, or whoever has the smart picture, and we waste much of our life, maybe most of our life, reading about people who have those status symbols, reading or learning about celebrities and their various antics, uh, and fantasizing about what it would be like to be with them, or how we would like to be one of them, going precisely against the instruction to the Holy Prophet, in his ayah, we are not as an ummah to be with those it is not our fate to be amongst the rich and the powerful and the prestige, the ambassadorial elites of today's world. They are in a different rut. Our intention has to be, our deep purpose has to be, our instinct has to be with those who are remembering their Lord. Wherever there is dhikrullah, wherever there is ikhlas, wherever there is humility, that is where we must find our hearts gravitating. Not just as a kind of, I know I should be with them, but that is where we should naturally feel at ease. With the poor sort of taxi drivers in the corner of some ghetto mosque somewhere that nobody pays any attention to them. That is where we are required to be, not with, not with the people of status. And so many of the stories in Allah's book are about great showdowns between Nimrod and Ibrahim, between Fir'aun and Musa, between the Holy Prophet وسلم, and, and, and the, the, the tyrants of Quraysh, so many stories where we have this polarity the prophetic way is to be with the weak and the poor and the munkasirati qulubuhum, those who are broken hearted. And to the extent that we can genuinely have that sabr within ourselves, we can be at ease with ourselves and at ease with the present state of the ummah and at ease also with, with our Lord because this ultimately is the context of the Holy Prophet It is, if you like, a liberation theology, a preferential option for the poor. That is the natural habitat of Allah's friends, even though today's world tends to focus us exclusively in the direction of Hollywood and the bankers and Wall Street and uh, Madison Avenue and all of that nonsense, but the prophetic life. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us not just good intentions, <coughs> but a heart that naturally produces good intentions and a heart that is at ease with those who are at ease with their Lord and a heart that feels in a state of exile when we are with those who may outwardly be spectacular but are inwardly far from pleasing their Lord. ولي المتقين نكال الظالمين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله الملك الحق المبين محمد رسول الله صادق وعد الأمين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله واعلموا أن الله قد أمركم بأمر عظيم 
أمركم بالصلاة والسلام على خير الأنبياء والمرسلين فقال جل ثناؤه إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم إنا نسلك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عالم السر منا لا تهتك الستر عنا وعطنا وعف عنا وكلنا حيث كنا يا ذا الجلال والإكرام أمتنا على دين الإسلام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام أمتنا على دين الإسلام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام أمتنا على دين الإسلام ربنا أتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار عزيز يا غفار ربنا لا تزيق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وحبلنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوحاب ووفق اللهم ولاة أمور المسلمين إلى العمل بكتاب الله وصنة خاتم الأنبياء والمرسلين رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة